Hi everybody and welcome back to Mum Mania UK and today I'm joined with our regular panellist Nisha. Hi Nisha. Hi. And two very lovely guests today that are long friends of mine. In fact, I've known one of them since I was about 14, um, both Latoya and Venetia. And the reason for this conversation today is that we are going to be highlighting the fact that these are amazing single mums. Okay, so in my experience, the mainstream media highlights single motherhood and fatherless households in quite a negative light. And to be honest, all three women that I'm joined by today, they are just totally inspirational. And I know being a mum myself, living with my partner, sharing the experience, it's really tough for me, you know, on a daily basis. Um, decisions that are made, um, um, on a daily basis, who's going to do what, you know, disciplining, disciplining our children, things like that are difficult with two of us, um, sharing childcare, whatever it is, it's a challenge. And these three women I know have brought up their children to be well-rounded, secure, sensible, smart teenagers, which are aged 17, 18 and 19. And I just think they should be applauded and you should hear their stories. So that's why we're going to have this conversation today. So, so ladies, um, you know, let's just talk a bit about your single motherhood experience and um, how it first began for you. You know, Venetia, did you know you were going to be a single mum? Were you in a long-term relationship? How did it come about that you ended up being a single mum? Hi, Danny. Um, so... I was with my daughter's father for a couple of years and we was actually married. Um, so I'd met him, started dating him from when I was about 18, got married, um, moved out of my mum's home. And, um, and then I, actually, I got pregnant when I was 21, actually, with my daughter. You were married at 18? Yes. Wow. Um, very young age. <laughs> yes. My mum has never forgiven me. Well, she's probably <laughs> forgiven me now, but yeah, she's yeah, she weren't happy at the time, obviously. Um, yeah, so I got married, married, I'd moved out and everything, and was you know living life, working, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, made a silly decision to get pregnant rather early. Um, and I got pregnant when I was twenty. Yeah, I was twenty. No, actually, I think I was twenty. So I had her when I was twenty-one. Yes, so I was twenty. Had her when I was twenty-one. And obviously it was quite a young, it was, it was a young age. Um, my ex-husband, he was young, I was young. He obviously hadn't stopped finished playing the field. Um, you know, so there was, there was relationships that he was having outside of our marriage. It was a, a discussion like, oh, do you want to have a kid? Yeah, I want to have a kid. Are we going to go forward with this kid? Or was it something you made a decision on your own? Oh yeah, no, no, no. We, yeah, no. So it was actually a stupid, stupid way of getting pregnant. My sister actually got pregnant was pregnant with her second child um and obviously I was with my husband and I was just like oh yeah I'm gonna get pregnant then that was literally <laughs> the conversation that I had with my sister wow. she was, so her son my nephew is born he was born in April and my daughter was born in June so she was yeah she she'd obviously um she was obviously yeah ahead of pregnant you know um, than me and yeah, I said, oh yeah, I'm going to get pregnant. Yeah, definitely. I spoke to him about it. And he was just like, yeah, all right then. Yeah, let's let's have a baby. Let's have a kid. And within three months, I was pregnant with my daughter. And yeah, I had her 
um, when I was 21. And as I said, we was both young. So, you know, and, you know, as much as we was young, I still didn't think that, you know, he would be doing the things that he was doing. I was committed to the marriage. I was committed to the relationship, but he clearly wasn't. So he was still out there. He was out there doing stuff outside of the marriage. I found out. And so was after, this happening before you chose to have um, a baby no, this, or after? This actually happened just as I got pregnant. So this is when things started to come to light. Okay. About his ex, his relationships outside of our marriage. So it was when I got pregnant, that's when I started to hear the news. Um, you know, as the streets start talking and things like that. And I asked him about it. He denied it. He denied it. He denied it. And I was just like, well, you know, it's going to, it has to, if it's true, it's going to come to light. So I left it, I left it. And then lo and behold, I did get the call. I was, I was actually due that weekend. So it was, it was like a few days before my due date. I received the call and the person just dropped in the conversation that my ex-husband had a baby with somebody else. So that child had already been born. Wow. Right. So that news obviously was devastating, heartbreaking. I actually went into labor that weekend. Oh my goodness. Um right. so yeah, so long story short, I'd had my daughter I had my daughter like um four days later. And from that it was I was, you know, obviously a new baby, you know, I didn't really focus on the marriage and what, you know, the issues around it. So I was just focusing on my child, my baby. And when I, when my daughter was um, three months and I moved into my flat, that's when I said to my ex-husband, that's it. And we broke up then. That when I decided, it was more because I couldn't stand him anymore. Like it was, the relationship, it was dead. There was nothing left. There was nothing there. You know, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't face him. I couldn't, there was nothing. I didn't even actually think about the consequences of being a single mum. I didn't think about what the impact, the impact would be, you know, me doing it by myself. Those thoughts never even came into my mind, if I'm honest. Um, I just literally knew that I couldn't be in a relationship with him after that had happened. So when um, you decided to make that call, all right, well, this is ended now. Did it kind of go like, oh, well, you know, uh, how are you going to support me financially? Was there any kind of conversation or childcare? You're going to have her on the weekends or, you know, you just didn't really know at the time? No, I didn't. I didn't. Again, those conversations never happened. I didn't think about them. I think it was more because I was, I just got my, got my, um, my flat and I moved and I was moving in. So I was, it was all about, you know, obviously fixing up my flat, doing, you know, getting the, you know, furniture, things like that. So I didn't even focus too much. And my daughter was quite young. She was only three months. So, you know, she, she was more of the, she was a baby and I was on maternity leave. So I knew that obviously I was going to be a primary carer, but there was no discussions about, you know, financial contributions, you know, whether or not he's going to have her on the weekends, things like that. There was nothing. I think I, I'm not quite sure whether or not I just expected that is what it was going to happen. Mm. I just don't think I thought about it at that time. I think I probably thought about it more when I needed to go back to work. That's okay. when it more. That's when it hit me, which would have been a year later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow. So, Nisha, um, what was your experience of becoming a single mum? Similar in some ways, in that I was 20 when I fell pregnant. Um, had my son two months before I turned 21. Um, 
I would say that he was planned. I actually was expecting a baby at the age of 18 and miscarried. So from that point onwards, I definitely had an urge to become a mother because I prepared myself mentally for that. Um, and I would say partway through my pregnancy, um, there were signs that things weren't quite right. Um, my son was probably about eight weeks old when I had the conversation with his dad. And his dad, I can remember we were in the park and his dad basically said, I'm not happy. And I could, you know, when you can sense that someone's detaching themselves. So he was so focused on our son. And I can remember because it was the day after my 21st birthday. He came round and it was like, I wasn't there. It was all about my son, which I thought was, it's strange. It's my birthday. I expect a little bit, you know, 21st birthday, a little bit of attention, but I didn't get that from him. So the following day we had a conversation. He said I wasn't happy. And I think for me, by that time the writing was on the wall. So I said, you know what, do what you're going to do. That, that was literally how it, how it ended because I don't know. I've always known I'm not going to beg someone. So if you don't want to be with me, I've got enough to be dealing with with a newborn baby. And I think in terms of that transition of having a child, I expected to feel love straight away. And this is obviously a different topic, but I didn't feel that initial, like, that bond straight away. It took me a while, so I was more focused on that. Mm. Uh, I, was, I was devastated. Although I said, you, got, you can do what you're going to do. It probably took me about three to four years Wow. To emotionally get over. Um, you were son. so young. That, that, but I mean, saying this, both of you, um, both Venetia and Asia, you're saying that, you know, um, you were all young, obviously, when you made the decision to have the child. So do you think that played a, a part in why it didn't work? Because it sounds like both your partners were playing away or messing around or had other plans while you were pregnant. And I think maybe guys at that age are not really quite ready to commit. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I now recognise how young we were. Mm. At the time, you think you're you think you're big, you think you're grown up. But I, I literally, at you know, between the age of eighteen to probably twenty five, I felt so grown. And it's only now where I'm nearing my forties, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? You know, you <laughs> had so much you know, look at nephews and nieces that are you know twenty one, even twenty three, twenty four. I'm like just enjoy it, just enjoy the, the experience of being you. Mm. Um, and I don't have any regrets. I think that having having my son at the age that I did was the making of me. Mm. And I wouldn't be the person I am today without being his mum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But mm. yeah, it wasn't, I, I, I don't think that I would have actively thought about having a child if I didn't think that we were in it for the long run. We met at 17, so. Okay. It was like, oh, we met and six months later, here's a baby. We've been together for a time we'd experienced things together. So You said that you had a miscarriage when you were 18. That's really young to go through something like that. Um, and how did he react to that? Was he supportive? You know, did he want that child? Was that an accident or was it planned? Um, I would say that that was definitely more, more of an accident um, at that stage. I think that we were both scared okay we were both very young and it it took a while for us to kind of get to a point where we're like okay we're having the baby um and unfortunately there were complications 
So, you know, I went through the whole process of delivering the baby. I could, wow, I at 18? Yeah, I could see I was a baby boy. I didn't know uh, that. Wow. Yeah, so it, it was, for me, really traumatic and sort of the advice that you were given. Like, I can still, a, a lot of women say this about miscarriages, but I can remember the nurses saying, oh, you're young, you've got plenty of time. Whereas as a, as a woman, regardless of what age you are, if you're expecting to have a baby and, you, and you're looking forward to having that baby, that being taken away from you, at that age, I blamed myself. Like, what have I done? Why can't I carry a baby? You know, I'm young. You know, so you've got a whole, a whole host of fears. So mm. even being pregnant with my, my son, um, it was a really strange pregnancy. It wasn't something that I relaxed into. Well, I can imagine if you went through that at 18, this time you're going to be scared of something similar going to happen, you know? And maybe a lot of people would say, oh, get some counselling. Did you do anything like that? Or, I mean, years ago, I mean, it's not that long ago, but nowadays people talk about, oh, get counselling, talk about it. Back then, not maybe not so much. You know what, to be honest with you, I spoke about it quite, quite a lot at that time. That was my therapy. Speaking to like, friends of mine that know me from back then will know that I've had a miscarriage, my son knows. I've always spoken about what would have been his older brother. Um, mm. so there's no, no, no secret about that because he, he was, you know, for, for a while, was part of me. Was, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And I think for me, thinking, looking back now, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like my daughter's gonna be 20 in, in June. And for her to even contemplate <laughs> and start think, saying, oh, yeah, I'm ready for a baby now. It's, just, it's like, it, no, it actually traumatises me. It gives me nightmares because I'm just thinking, what do you mean? You No way. No, absolutely no way. Like, I'd be saying, not even before you're 30. Forget, just forget it. You know, so when I, when I do look back and think about what I was thinking it was it was madness absolute madness but I but as well really thinking, to be quite honest you weren't thinking you just thought oh yeah. For it. yeah but you know what as Nisha said I thought I was grown mm. I thought I was a big woman and you know what it is as well it was not even you know the the aspect of the marriage because obviously that was done for certain reasons but it was more because I wasn't living at home as well so I wasn't at home I'd left from 18 I was, you know, um, I think I was renting my stepdad's flat by then, um, who'd obviously moved in with my mum. So I was working two jobs, you know, I was driving. So I actually thought I was grown. Mm. I thought this was just the natural step. And, you know, my mum had me when she was 19. So, you know, there, and there was never that conversation with my mum, between my mum and I about having children. I think it was just more so when I was younger. So when I shouldn't have been sexually active or anything like that is don't, you just make sure you don't bring no baby home, blah, blah, blah. But after I left, there wasn't that conversation. So mm. I was just like, even when I told her, I don't even think she was that shocked. But I know if my daughter came and told me now that she's pregnant at 20, yeah. nice problems. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine any of, any of your kids, I know them all. I can't imagine any of them coming yeah. back and saying, they just, it yeah. just seems so far it just away happen. anywhere near <laughs> let's hear a bit about your experience obviously I'm I know and I'm a godparent to your child so 
I yes. do know, but um, it, you know, your experience is yes. a lot different. So fill us in. Well, I was 19 when I fell pregnant, shortly before I was 20. I found out I was pregnant. It was a shock because anybody that knows me, family, friends, I wasn't like a maternal person ever even thought about having children. I, I probably was one of those people that thought at that age that I would go through life and not have children and I would be fine not having children. And then I fell pregnant. I'd been with her dad from about 16 years old. And then short into the pregnancy, I realized that I was going to be a single mother because he wasn't going to be around. And yeah, I, I made the decision to still have my child, even though I knew that. Well, at the time, actually, when I made the decision to have my child, I had thought I'm doing it with or without him anyway, because I just felt at that time I've fallen pregnant. It was probably meant to be. And I just felt like, well, I wanted to have my baby. So I just chose to have my baby. And yeah, I've been a single mum since then. I've been a single mum since halfway through my pregnancy. I've what been a single mum. The hardest challenge to, you know, um, just starting out, doing it, 19 years old, you're about to be a mum early on, knowing you're going to do this on your own. You know, what were the biggest challenges that you, you faced or what was the thought process? If I'm honest, I think I was blank. Like, I think for probably a lot of my pregnancy, probably the first eight months, I was, it was like just a blank. It was just blank. That, that's all I could think of is that I knew I was having a baby. I knew it was growing. I was, you know, I had, I knew like all the development stages and everything, but I didn't really, I don't think I really focused on it. I knew that I wanted to be a really good mum. I knew that when I was looking at my child or thinking about my child, I was thinking about my child as an adult, not even like the baby. I was thinking of who I want to raise, the character, who my child would be, somebody that would make me proud. Um, but would you say? Yeah, so, so my thought process was really, was really blank, I think. And then probably two months before I gave birth is when, I, I don't know, maybe I was more vocal about it. I was looking more forward to it. And then I just started planning. I just started planning. In fact, my mum was probably planning before I was because she was really excited. It was her first granddaughter. And yeah, like, do you know what? I just, I, yeah, it was wouldn't quite you say, Wouldn't you say, Latoya, that, I mean, I know your pregnancy was terrible, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I've, I, when, when, when you have a terrible pregnancy and at such a young age, yeah, you know, I, I literally just wanted to just, crawl into a box and not come out you know i don't want to yeah. see anyone like the, the way that i thought especially when i was pregnant and you went through that at 19 years old so you say that it was all a bit blank but surely a lot of the time maybe how how did you even get you know what? Actually, that? that is why it was blank because i had extreme sickness so i couldn't think about anything other than getting through the day like that was it i couldn't think about anything else other than getting through the next day and always thinking about, oh my God, there's so there's there's so long to go. Um, yeah, like probably that is why I was blank. I spent a lot of time just being sick, um, sleeping to not deal with the sickness. Um, I had like four months off of work because of extreme sickness. Um, I just thought God has to give me a good child. Like for what <laughs> I am enduring during my pregnancy, there is no way that <laughs> he's going to give me a child that's going to be hard to manage 
or anything like that. But yeah, I just think like it was really blank. And as much as like, even though I was doing it by myself, like I had the support of my mum. My mum is a single mum. She's got at the time she had yeah she had yeah mum had six kids by that time, and I had two little brothers, and my mum was a single mum. So I've watched her do it. Like I trust and I believe in my mum. And if I think about it now, she was like a rock. That is the only way I can explain it. Like imagine yourself just walking and behind you there's probably somebody just like a wall walking behind you everywhere you go so there is no way for me to fall down or or anything like that so yeah like I didn't I, I wasn't really stressed even though I knew I was going for it alone I was probably like I probably internalized myself I probably was thinking a lot about who I'm going to be who I want to be um who I want my child to be how I'm going to live my life um things like that like at, at a young age I was thinking like how I probably would even think now if I was to be pregnant like I was thinking like a grown person but I think probably because I was I had my mum in my ear I had my mum just beside me the whole time so she was talking me through things talking me through all of her experiences through having children um her relationships with like my dad and my siblings dad um so yeah it was like a discovery like it was like a journey that's the only way I can explain my pregnancy it was just like a massive journey and at the end of that journey like I've given birth and you know that whole nine months was forgotten about like I, yeah it was just forgotten about and then I just had this new just this new brand new baby that was just so exciting like I'd wake up it was just like you know, like when you go shopping and you've got a new pair of shoes or something new and you're so excited. So every morning, that is how I just felt, like just excited. In fact, for the first two days, I didn't feel like that. It was just like a whirlwind. But after that, it was just excitement, like pure excitement every single day, just waking up and looking at this child like, oh, my God, this is my child. Oh, my God, this is my child. And I, I didn't even know what to do because I wasn't a maternal person, even though I had two little brothers. I wasn't really... Um, that hands on with my brothers, like my sisters would have been. Um, so I was learning everything for the first time. Like I remember pushing a pram for the first time outside felt just like alien. It was just weird. <laughs> and I remember the first few times when I went out, my sister would push the pram for me because I felt uncomfortable mm. pushing a pram. I just used to feel like, oh, it don't feel right. That's just not what I do. Like it just doesn't, didn't feel right. Like I felt fine, like caring for my child at home. And I was really protective, but going on the street was just like, Oh, oh, this is a bit weird. But yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can concur with that pushing the buggy, that pram. I don't think I hardly ever took <laughs> my daughter yeah. out of the buggy. Even if I had to go shopping, things like that, I never did it. I used to um thankfully I, I was driving from an early age. So it was just literally a car seat that I would walk around with. I never put my daughter in, in a buggy and walked around like just like this no way it felt it felt it felt horrible it's just weird I just I actually thought everyone would be looking at me really I just, yeah so I just I didn't like it how are you supposed to transport this child I, I don't yeah. know I don't yeah. know no one none of my friends well other than you Venetia nobody else had children yeah so it was everything about it was um it was like a surreal experience that's the only way I can 
it was it's magical as well in a in a way there was like there's some there was some magic about it as well like do you know like that was the only time like i had peace like that's the only way i can explain like calm like i was still like as a person i was still like just learning so much just and probably what i was just yeah a lot of things was just I was just inside myself, but like building myself up. That's exactly what I was doing. I was building myself up, preparing myself for this journey of motherhood. Yeah. Sounds it was, very yeah. Prone, to be honest. And and knowing knowing you, especially at that time, and I remember us having conversations, and I, I think even in my head, knowing your daughter and holding her, and I used to come around and I that she was such a major part of my life as well. However, mm -hmm the initial thought was a bit scary even for me. I was thinking, oh my gosh, as a friend, oh, this is going to ruin our friendship. We're not going to do this anymore. You know, my mindset was just totally different. And then yours. And um, when you say it like this, you know, I can't, it sounds so, it does sound very grown up for you to have got to yeah. that place. And mentally, I don't think that many, yeah. um, maybe like you say, because your mum was there, but I don't think there's... Yeah many people that would necessarily be able to get themselves in that kind of mindset and I don't think that you can train yourself to necessarily be in that mindset it might be who's around you you know I don't know I think it's that but I do think there was a lot of training there was a lot of training there was believe me there was a lot of training of myself there was like days I think I used to watch something like Dr Phil do you remember Dr Phil I used to watch Dr Phil day in day out and I just used to look at different like you just you're just watching people's lives, loads of different people's lives, loads of different scenarios. And, you know, they're getting loads of different advice. I'm also getting advice from my mum. And I guess I'm just applying it to my, my own self and my own life. That's what I was doing. I do remember though at the time, like there probably wasn't one person probably other than my mum that probably I could relate to that. I do remember when I was pregnant, there wasn't one person I could relate to. However, like, how can I explain it wasn't it was there's there's an element of loneliness but not an element of loneliness because I guess I was I was growing I was growing and I was fascinated at what I was learning about myself as well and I don't know and and you know like from a young age I've always wanted I've always thought about the person I am who I want to be and I guess the pregnancy allowed me to focus on myself and build build myself who I wanted to be so yeah yeah well, I guess that that was probably the magic anybody, <laughs> that, that, anybody that knows you I would say that you having your child was the making of you because who you mm. were before you had your child obviously um Venetia I didn't know you before because I met you obviously through Latoya and um Nisha obviously I've met you I don't know it must be coming on to nine eight years or something like that but um yeah, so I didn't know the two of you, but definitely I can say that Latoya was a whole different person before. And it was like, oh my gosh, suddenly this strong, you know, um, strong willed, this warrior just came about. Like, so, you know, you were just totally different before it was like old Latoya versus new Latoya. Latoya. And um, yeah, I think definitely your, you haven't becoming a mum was the making of you. And it definitely as, um, you on the road to the person that you've become now for sure you know definitely but you know what is the hardest part what is can you think of any one time like that stands out for you at any point in any of your children's life as oh my goodness that point there 
was the hardest thing I've ever had to get through with that child. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's been so many highs and lows, but is there anything that sort of stands out for you as I had to go through that particular thing on my own? It could have even been the birth of the child. I don't know. But what is yeah. it for you that you, you can you think of anything that really? No, funny enough, mine wasn't even my birth. I had a 33 hour labor. I probably vomited about nine times during the labor, as you know, Danielle, because you was there. <laughs> and even though I had a 33 hour labor, um, you, you know, Danielle, I was calm. I never screamed. I never shout, I never spoke, I, I was just calm. The whole 33 hours through all that flipping pain. Um, although I had epidural by the time I got to seven centimetres, and that wasn't even what I found hard. Coming home wasn't what I found hard. Was choosing my child's primary school was probably the hardest thing, even to date, that I think that was the hardest thing for me, is making a choice that was going to impact her for the rest of her life. Uh, I believe this, the primary school is setting the foundation for her going forward, her school career, um, then her future. And I just was like, up until this point, I felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm smashing this. I'm doing what, you know, I'm doing what I thought I should be doing. But then I just felt like if I make the wrong decision, I have no one else to share that blame with. And for me, that was something that I, I just... It, I just felt really inside. It just was like I was angry. I was angry at that point. I was angry that, like, oh my God, I have to do this by myself. Like, I have to make the choice. Nobody else isn't making that choice with me. And I can talk to whoever. We can all, you know, you can advise me. But I just felt like, no, another parent, her other parent should be responsible for this choice. Mm -hmm. So that was probably the hardest thing for me, I would say, is choosing her primary school. Yeah, that was probably the hardest yeah it is it is, it is a, that must that is a point where you kind of you've got to sit and think i mean some people take it more seriously than others a lot of people i feel i feel might think of secondary school because they're becoming a teenager they're going to be influenced by so many people but yeah making those kind yeah. of decisions it is quite a big responsibility to mm. also a lot of it unless you're paying for education a lot of it is out of your hands as well because it's about where yeah. you live and all this sort of, yeah. so many other factors involved by yeah. secondary I was confident I was confident by secondary like by then my child's 11 12 I'm confident in making choices for her like I'd seen where I've brought her to now so and I knew what I was looking for even though I knew what I was looking for at primary school but by secondary school, I just didn't feel the same way yeah it wasn't the same mm. yeah I think for me it was probably secondary school, not not the hardest challenge, but when I compare what it was like preparing for primary school and secondary school, secondary school, because I've got a boy child, it was much more about how can I safeguard him, so I made sure that I was selecting schools, which would mean that he wouldn't have to travel in to hotspot areas, so that was a key, like it wasn't just about the academic attainment of the school, it was about the location that was really key yeah, okay. um, going back to your first question about what was probably one of the most challenging moments i think because my my son probably was between the ages of about two till maybe 10 11 he was a handful which you probably wouldn't believe now you could see obviously the cheekiness with him <laughs> was a strong-willed child he wasn't the sort of child that you could say I need to do X, Y, and Z, and that he was going to follow through and listen. Um, so that was difficult, like working full time, 
with at least a 45 minute commute, rushing to pick him up from nursery after school club, getting to the school and then the school saying, oh, he's misbehaved. Your heart just, it's, it's, it's hard when your child is not cooperating in a way that you want to and you're doing everything within your power. Um, you're being consistent, you know, you're, you're doing what all of the books say, um, but your child is not cooperating and you're tired. That, Did he that, have support from um, his father? Was he sort of someone that you could lean upon for any advice? Yeah, or Yes and no. Yes, I could call upon him, but I think there's something about if you're a, if you're a single parent, I wanted to have that authority and autonomy in my household. I didn't, you know, if you live together, you can say, I'll oh, wait until your dad gets home. Me saying wait until your dad gets home is not going to work because your dad doesn't live here. So yeah. I want him to be able to listen to me. And you know, um, that's what you were saying about you had this image of how you'd be as a mother. I mm. was very similar. I was really clear on what I was hoping to achieve, especially, you know, knowing that I was going to be a younger mum. And then mm. when I became a single mum, it was like, no, nah, I this my child is going to be a child that I'm going to be proud of. He is not going to be a statistic. I can remember taking him to gymnastics and he was misbehaving. I remember holding him by the hand and I, I said, listen, remember when you got you're not just representing, you're not representing just you, you're representing me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I can still, I don't know if he would remember it, but I can still remember it. It wasn't just about me being a parent and me being myself for him. It was about wider than us. This, you know, we're setting an example mm -hmm. and that's something that I probably, you know, if I was to ever be a mum again, I wouldn't have that in the back of my mind. Whereas it was front and centre of, we're doing this, we're going to do it right. Yeah. I, I had that sort of determination within me. So yeah, that would probably be the hardest thing. The hardest thing was at that younger age, probably from the age of two to, to 10, struggling that responsibility of in everything, whether you're well or not mentally physically however you're feeling as a mother headache or no headache you're coming in from work you've rushed to pick up your child to make sure you're not getting a late feed i can remember that pressure of there's traffic am i gonna make it getting them off to you know the extracurricular activities coming home cooking it was just on the go non-stop so when your child misbehaves and you're already at the end of your tether yeah yeah, yeah, I don't miss those days. Put it that way. <laughs> teenage, teenage life is bliss. Nisha, that sounds just like me. What you was just explaining, it just it sounds exactly what I went through um, with my daughter. I think for me, it wasn't. I think I was more scared of failing my daughter. Mm -hmm. That was what. That was that was my biggest fear, and it's still my fear to this day. Like she's gonna be 20 in a couple of months. And I still think, Toya knows, I still yeah. think, oh my gosh, I haven't told her this. Supposing this happens, you know, and you know, when she's 25 and I haven't told her how to do that. So, and you know me, I'm a person that likes to plan things. So I'm trying to plan in my head how I'm gonna raise her. And I think for me, the main thing was, was not failing her. What Nisha explained is exactly how I used to be. Um, you know the dropping off to school I mean I went back to work when my daughter was one and I worked full-time ever since so I didn't really have the time to um, she had to go to after school clubs things like that but one thing I did I was quite lucky with 
Um, my jobs were, I was able to, they were quite close to my home because where I live, I was quite central to London. So my direct, my journey was like 30 minutes. So I was able to take her to school and then she was collected. But then it was about the rushing back to get mm. to her. Like sometimes I had, I had like 30 minutes to get to her, to pick her up. She was always the last child to be picked up. Aww. So that, through primary school, that was what, she, that's what happened. And then I make, I got made redundant um while she was in primary school and I even said I said that's it I said I'm taking six months break because I that was my second redundancy since since I've gone back to work and I said you know what I'm taking I'm taking a break I'm spending I'm going to be that mum for my child I'm going to take her to school I'm going to pick her up and that's what I did for six months and then six months to the day my mum's on the phone are you not going to look for a job now I'm like all right calm down <laughs> and then within a week I was I was working within a couple of weeks I'd found a job but um did you yeah. enjoy that time being a working mum and being able yeah. to have that concentrated time off what I I personally think that is so hard as you be a full-time mum people think oh yeah full-time mums it's easy I used to do nannying when I was younger and I used to go into these houses and I used to think oh gosh but they're just a, they're just a stay-at-home mum like what's so difficult about this and now I've got my own children I know and sometimes I think it must be so much easier to shut the door yeah and go to work than it is well it is That's why, this is why a lot of men get it easy because if they are the main breadwinners and they're getting up and they're going to work they don't have to deal with the child you know especially if the child isn't at nursery or school so you've got the child all day from morning to night all different behaviors all different emotions that this child's going through the attention the child needs plus you've got to cook clean this that homework you know it's a lot of work it yeah. is I mean and when I, I did enjoy the time at home but believe me the day goes quick you take the child to school you come home you may want to have a nap and by the time you spin around it's like 3 30 you've got to go and pick up the child <laughs> from nursery I'm just like but I haven't even had any time. <laughs> you know, that was, I think, yeah, my hardest thing for raising my daughter is was the thought of failing her. And as Nisha said, we was doing this. And one of the things you said, Nisha, was when you said about representing you, I told my daughter that all the time. I said to my daughter, you may have your father's surname, but I raised you and I'm raising you. You represent me when you step outside this house. Mm -hmm. So I used to always make that clear to her. Um, I think my hardest time or period with my daughter was secondary school, the emotions that she went through, you know. So it was about me having her back as well um, and supporting her through secondary school, which was quite, it was scary. It was horrible as well because, you know, she went to an all-girls school as well. And me being a female, I knew what it was like. You know, and obviously she's my child, but it doesn't necessarily mean she's going to be like me or how I was. So I was quite scared for her, you know, with that. But in in time, by the time she got to her later years, she was able to stand her ground and stuff. So it was it was a lot easier. But but, you know, people say, oh, you know, if you maybe come from a single parent family, you're going to end up a single parent. You've got to break the cycle. Da, 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 da. You know, I, I, I would probably say, if I'm honest. It's about the age that we had our children. If we'd waited a bit longer, we probably wouldn't have been um, single parents. I think if, you know, the likelihood of your relationship, because remember, whether you're, you have your child at 20, whether you break up during pregnancy within a few months of having a baby, or you break up when the child's 10, you, inevitably you're still a single parent at, at some stage. If yeah, you yeah. have your children really. What I would say in my circumstances, um, 
I definitely thought I was growing too young. And um, my mum has a mental illness. So for me growing up, it wasn't just my mum was a single parent. It was more complex than that. So I probably at the age, being the age that I was, I was probably looking for that family function. And when I met my son's dad and he was accepting of my mum's illness and so on, so straight away there was a strong connection. Personally, I think I probably wouldn't have had children so young if I'd been exposed to more of what life had to offer. So I became a mum before I'd even travelled abroad. You know, I, I became a mum before I knew how to ride a bike. Like I did like, <laughs> the things, the opposite way around. Um, so especially where my son's concerned, I made that part of my mission to give him as much experiences as possible from a really young age to show him that your life isn't about where you live currently. You can live anywhere in the world. You can do anything that you want to. I didn't have that sort of foundation. And it's not because my mum could, it, my mom, her illness meant that she couldn't do that for me, unfortunately, but... But yeah. Your mum's sound like they had you really young as well. So it seems like, you know, you your mum's had you young and then you had children young and relationships are hard re regardless. You know, you could I've been in a relationship for what for 13 years and, you know, it's not an easy ride to be in relationships. They're difficult. However, had I got into this relationship when I was that age and had a child, I, I can't even say it would have lasted because you know, that young age, 18, 19, 20, it's, it's, you're still finding yourself. You're still trying to learn who you are. So, you know, the fact that you had the children so young and probably your parents too, it probably does sort of, um, it kind of is the reason why you say don't have children so young, isn't it? That's the reason why we say to our kids, don't have a kid when you're 18, 19, wait till you're older, wait till you, you know, you know who you are, you've got your foundations, you're financially secure. That's why we say these things because how can you even know really at 18 or 19 years old that you want to be with that person forever? Or, you know, or at least for raising a child for the foreseeable next 10 to 15 years. Like you're, you're still at 18. Do you even know who you really are? Like, you know, when I think about how I was at that age, I just don't even think I would have been able to raise my child in the way that I am now, if you know what I mean. Um, but like you say, for you three, when I look at you three, I think I just admire you in the sense of, wow, I just don't think I could have done that being your age and raising a child. I just think I would have made so many mistakes. And we all make mistakes. There's no perfect parent, is there? But um, I can't imagine being able to have stepped into those shoes and to have been the kind of role model parent at such a young age. So you know, definitely hats off to you and women like you just need to be applauded and, and spoken about more. Being a parent, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's a lifelong thing. And I don't a massive think responsibility, I actually bring myself to do that again because mm. you want your child, I mean, as you said, no child is perfect, no parent is perfect, but you want the best for your child. So when you want in the best for your child, I think that a lot of the reasons why our children you know on this panel have come out the way they have is because we've sacrificed a lot we sacrificed a lot in our own lives to make sure you know our child had the best possible start and I'm not talking material things I'm just talking you know time because that is what it is as well it's about time education teaching the children teaching our children 
what you know I I used to sit here and think about what I would want to teach my child that my mum didn't teach me like what kind of conversations I would have liked my mum to have with me you know so I didn't make certain mistakes and I always say to my daughter you know if I had a mum like me when I was your age you know I may be this I may be that blah 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 I'm always saying that to her because I think back then as I said when my mum was a single mum of two her focus was the bills she never had no financial help from um our dads she never had anybody to um, help look after us apart from um, um, her good friend um, who used to always look after us. So she's like my godmother, my second mum. She always used to look after my mum's best friend and she never, ever forgets it because if it wasn't for her, my mum wouldn't have been able to work the way she did. Mm. And then also I had to, um, my sister's six, six years younger than me. So I practically had to look mm. after her. And I think that's probably part of why I also felt like I was grown because mm. I used to look after my sister. So my mum used to go to work for me even when my little sister was like one and I used to look after her. Wow. Then when we moved to Mitcham, I used to have to, I was the one taking her to school. I was the one picking her up. I used to pick her up. Eight years old, you were? Yes. Wow. Haven't that's you seen that meme? <laughs> what they've got going around social media saying, don't leave your pet, your children at home. And, and then you've got the West Indians or, you know, black people um, leaving their children at home at 10. That was us. That was that generation. I used to have to look after my sister when she was little. And I think, as I said, I think that's partly why I thought I was so grown because yeah. I was already looking after a baby. I used to slap my sister if she was rude. You know, I was like her primary carer. So I'm telling you, you know, and it's, it's, it's true because my sister now... When my sister first got her passport, her next of kin was me. It wasn't even my mum. Wow. Her next of kin was me and I'd left home and everything. So, you know, I, I didn't want that for my daughter. I didn't want that for my child. I didn't want to have another child and then have my older child raising that child or having to do what I had to do, i.e. school pickups. I wanted her to enjoy her childhood. I no, wanted her to live her life. I didn't want... I didn't want that. So if like the relationship didn't work with the with the dad and then I'm a single mum of two, I've got to then call on my daughter, my older daughter to help. I did not want that. So that was one of the things that, you know, sort of made me think, mm -mm, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing yeah. it again. Yeah. Well, I, let me just ask you this. I'm um, just to kind of wrap things up because it's been a really interesting conversation. And actually I've learned something about all of you today that's really it's been really nice um but you know a highlight a real a highlight for you you know it could be where your child is today I mean anything that you that is relevant to your life just a highlight of your single parent life with your child you know what's something that stands out for you or you know could be just getting to this I actually have to say I actually have to say everything I think like I don't think I'm a slightly obsessed mum. I'm not a slightly obsessed mum, but... You are an obsessed mum, huh? You yeah. are. But, you are. Obsessed. But, I'm more than obsessed. But I just feel like just the whole journey, like, even to, to now, like, I just, I loved, I just, I loved raising me. I love being a mum. I love being her mum. She was, she was good to me as a little child. Um, she's not a perfect child, but... <clears throat> You know, like the vision I saw when I was pregnant was like, that's who I saw I was raising. And now looking at her at 18 years old, 
um, where she is in life, what she's doing, what she's achieved. Um, I just feel like, yes, like everything, about everything, I just feel like, yes. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm proud. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, she is an amazing yeah. young woman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just feel proud of, I just feel proud of everything. And I also feel proud that, also there's some, like I'm waiting for probably to um, graduate from uni first, but you know, like every milestone that I had in my head, is just like, yeah, you've ticked off, you've ticked off, you've ticked off, you've ticked off, you've done all those things. And I sit and I think her childhood, other than her not having her dad in her life, but your childhood wasn't like, it's been busy. She's had a busy childhood, like, you know, from school, after school activities, she's always been doing something with her life. Like, she is not a lazy girl. She's driven. She's ambitious. Um, she's got a lot of confidence. She's just everything. <laughs> she's just everything. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That's, that's yeah, she's just the best. <laughs> you said that your mum was um, your backbone, and that's that's you standing behind yeah. you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, my mum was my backbone. And when I think about it, like, like I've raised my daughter a little bit different to how my mum raised me. Like there's there's a lot of things that I learned from my mum and I've used with my daughter, but then there's a lot of things I introduced um, <clears throat> and I've done it my way. However, I just sit and I think I owe my mum so much because she got me through that first, you know, even the, if I say the first four years, like, I mean, she even used to do me as washing up until she was about four years old, her ironing and everything was everything that you need your mum to be. She was, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's just all been a dream to be honest. So my highlight is all of it, 18 years, <laughs> the whole 18 years. There's not one thing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing to hear. And you know, you've done, su you've done such a good job. I mean, I have to say that um, godmother duties have stepped in. I definitely know that you know, the fact that I didn't have children and seeing you go through that, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm a godmother. I need to start yeah. to be a godmother. Like, I've got a godmother that I barely see. Like, you know, my godparents are like, are you really my godparents? Because I actually took this as, as this is a responsibility. She doesn't have a dad in her life. I need to make sure that I yeah. can vent upon, you know, I remember taking her to nursery and picking her up from school and she used to love being picked up and not off the school club and she used to run and give me a hug. I've got so many experiences with her as well. Um, but actually, you know, all three of you, um, you know, I can't necessarily say, oh, I couldn't necessarily pinpoint one thing, but there's lots of different things that you look at. I look at a lot of mothers and I might not necess necessarily say it, but I look at how other people raise their children and there might be things I think, oh yeah, I'll adopt that or mm. I'll, I'll, I'll adopt that situation, you know, because you're as a mother I think you're always learning like there's no particular this is this is the stone and you must follow these commandments of this is you know some um Boyo and Venetia how you raised your girls um and thinking about how I was as a as a teenager thinking I do not want my child being anything like me when I'm a teenager and I could already see that she's not she's a very strong-willed but I definitely mm. will look at you two and and I see or we might have conversations and things that you say to me I do take it on board because I respect the way that you've raised your girls and I like the way that they've turned out so it's definitely something to be noted that you know you are 
sort of helping others around you that are fellow parents because I think if you're a mum that just sits there like oh yeah I know what I'm doing you know and you can't learn from anybody that I mean each to their own but for me I'm learning from others there's things that like definitely Latoya you haven't been that great at you know maybe the housework side of stuff for your daughter like I think okay right my daughter's already doing chores and that's just one that's I couldn't criticize you but I definitely feel like I'm you know and whereas you on the other hand Venetia you've been on the extreme so so I could for me I'm trying to get a balance in between both of you sorry Um, you used to yeah. say, oh, your daughter's tired, you can't do yes. this. And whereas um, Venetia's like, come on, over the stairs. Yeah. Can I just say, you're at, sorry, you're can I just of, of what chore-wise and just housework-wise, you know, we all believe that our children need to know how to cook, clean, whatever, whatever, but you yeah. are at extreme ends of what you have allowed your children to do. So I've yeah. tried to get somewhere in the middle. Can I just say, though, it was something I sacrificed. Like, I used to, as a child, have to do so many chores. That's, that my life was like a chore. And even though I do believe it's important that children learn chores and do things as they're growing up, after school, she's had dance, she's had netball, she's had after-school activities, debate club, this, that. Sometimes she's, she's got 12-hour days. So it's unfair to come, and she's not getting home till like, six, seven, eight. It's too much to be saying, yeah, yeah just wasn't you know. Yeah, a whole week. I wouldn't force it. Yeah, and a whole weekend, you know. Well, on a weekend, her week, her weekend is also, her weekend's taken up also with activities. So, yeah, but now, now she's learning about house chores. <laughs> now she's learning because when I came to your house and I saw your daughter doing it, I came home and I said, <laughs> I went to Danielle's house for dinner and. I was thinking, oh my God, she's got her daughter doing washing up. Like she's doing the whole washing up for everybody. I came home and I said to my daughter straight away, right, that's it, you've got to do the washing up. You've got to do washing up every single day now. <laughs> because other people have got their kids in it and you're, you're, you're 18, you have to wash it up. I think that, you know, in an ideal world, like for me, that's probably one of the things that I would want to go back and change, that I would have implemented yeah. chores a lot mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. whereas like you he always had activities he was always on the go like most weekends we weren't in the house like lockdown this is honestly the first time in my life that I've actually spent time at home arts anyway we're always out and about so it was just easier for me to just automatically get on and do it whereas now you know I might make breakfast or if he doesn't want to make breakfast or cook dinner he'll order stuff now so okay he's not physically making it but at least he's like mum do you want this it, it, maybe it dangerous dangerous. Well. so when he was much younger actually he was better like his okay. room I was gonna say other children came around I don't want him in my room I don't want him to mess up my room he was one of those children <laughs> it's as he crept into the sort of teenage years and we were still really busy with dance and everything else, that's where things started to go to one side. And it, you know, it's about your priority. And for me, I want to live life. Like, it's not just about mm-hmm. chores, chores, chores. It's mm-hmm. about experience in life. So it, 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 
I'm single, sure. isn't it? If I if I if I don't want to do it, then I don't have to do it. I don't business like that. <laughs> probably I'm one of the downfalls. You I'm just definitely much more relaxed now, but that's because I think because. I did train. I did train my daughter to make sure chores was done, but it was mostly because she did. She had her activities, and you know, she used to go after school club. She used to do basketball. She used to do tennis. She used to do swimming. She used to do gymnastics. She used to do all of those things as well. But it would only be like maybe one day. One day, um, I would get her to just maybe just do her room, and then obviously, as she's getting older, you know, going into secondary school or the later years of secondary school, I should say. That's when she had to start ironing her school uniform, for instance. So when she was in secondary school, she had to iron her school uniform. I stopped ironing it. Um, and then, you know, she want and and the one thing with with my daughter, she did want to learn to cook. So it was actually a good thing and a privilege to teach her certain mm -hmm. things. So now, I mean, she's nineteen now. Anyway, she's going to be twenty soon. So I would expect her to learn how, to know how to cook certain things, um, mm. and she does. So I can just leave her in the kitchen. And she can, she will, she will do our Sunday dinner, rice and peas, chicken, oxtail, you know, all of that. She wants to learn. So that's good. But what I have found with her is that in her later years now, it's a problem to clean her room. I don't understand it. I said to her, it's like you've gone backwards in time. But you know what it was? It's because she's older. She just thinks, oh yeah, well, my mum can't tell me anything now. I don't have to clean my room if I don't want to. That sort of attitude. So, Living under my roof, girl. Yeah, I keep telling her every room in this house is mine. <laughs> so, including <laughs> your bedroom. <laughs> so, um, you know, we need to celebrate people like women like you. You've done amazing jobs, and um, and um, you know, I'm proud of y'all, ladies. <laughs> the last one, you've got three. Like, like you said, we've got one. Yeah. Three <laughs> all you know the, the age the ages of your children add another complexity because you've got one that's a preteener you've got one that's you know early stages of primary school and a baby yeah. <laughs> i do always say no between me and her dad who's the most fun parent of course you know i won that like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i always want to be more fun <laughs> he even used to say that to me <laughs> I'm more fun than you. I'm more fun than you. <laughs> so we're going to end the conversation now, but I just want to say a massive thanks um, to all of you for, you know, talking openly and honestly about your experiences. And, um, you know, please, well, it sounds like definitely Latoya has given herself some hella pats on the back about how she's raised her daughter. And, and right. No, so I give myself hella pats. It was just a highlight. And I was just saying, oh, no, it's no, all no, a highlight. No. As a parent, if you think you've done yeah, it, I am glad, actually. Why shouldn't you say that I've done a good job? Do you know what it is? Because I, I honestly believe that that's your my duty as her mother, so this is what you're supposed to do anyway. But, um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm still proud of myself. I'm still proud that I managed to do it. I, I, you know, I don't have that many regrets other than, like, I should have probably had her doing house chores. <laughs> but, but that's yeah, another no, conversation yeah. because a lot of females just generally don't want to... Um, Give themselves a pat on the back for doing things yeah. well, you know. And you have, yeah. all you have yeah. raised the children. The back and all. Yeah, we should all give ourselves because you know yeah. what's nice. I guess when the, uh, the children get to this age, 
it can see everything that you've put into them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like when they get to the age where your, your your child is out and they're not with you and people come back and say, oh, your child's so polite. And you're like, yes. Yes, they yeah, do yeah. say things. You know, it's those small things on the journey. It's really small, but it makes such a difference. Yeah. Like you say, um, and they start hitting those milestones and you see how driven they are as individuals and how passionate about their life and... Yeah, that's just to see your child fulfilled. Yeah. And, and know that you've been a small part in it. Like, it's, we're yeah. part of it. We're not their entire journey. And we're at that sort of stage where we're starting to let go and let them explore life yeah. and hopefully giving them everything that they need for, for yeah. the future. So, Venetia, yeah. what you were saying about that fear of, you know, have I put everything, have I said everything that I should say? Just that you know that just in case moment. I think we all have that as parents, and you know they're going to do great. They've got great futures ahead of them. I mean, hopefully you've all empowered some other females out there. This, you know, this is not an easy job. Give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, all hail to all single, all single parents. Because I, you know, it's it's tough being in a relationship, raising your kids. It's tough co-parenting. It's tough being a single parent. It's tough either way, but it's really tough for those that are doing it on their own. So, yes, yeah. um, we hope that you've enjoyed the conversation today, Mum Mania UK. Uh, thank you so much to Nisha, our resident panellist, and Latoya and Venetia. Thank you so much for your time and your interesting conversation. Hopefully you found it interesting and hopefully you'll join us in our next podcast. Enjoy the slow ease out of lockdown, people, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.